You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded whores. Hi, lovelies. Welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip. I'm your host, Danica. And I'm Riley. And we are late, I know, on this episode, but bitches be busy, okay? Get over it. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> but stay. Rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> yeah, so um, I have an apology to make first and foremost. Um, I am very sorry if you have been sitting in my Instagram request folder for X amount of months waiting patiently for my reply. I had no fucking clue that Instagram was hiding hundreds of fucking messages from me. And then I also looked and I had like, you know, hundreds of um, requests. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I realized that Instagram took it upon itself to separate um, like into two different posts. And I don't know how they did it. They did it like with um, requests and then like show all requests. And then as soon as I pushed show all requests, it was like hundreds of messages from like, a year ago that I never got back to. So I am very sorry if you are one of those people. I've tried to respond to most of them. I've tried to go through them. Now I make it a point to look at that all requests folder. Um, but yeah, good to know that Instagram just took it upon itself to um, screw you all out of a reply. So sorry for that. So we have some exciting things coming up. Uh, you are getting microblading done on your brows. I am. I am. Uh, yeah, I guess tomorrow. So I'm going to the same girl that you go to, um, Arc and Point. Arch and Point. Arch yeah. and Point. Um, Shout out to her. She's amazing. If you all need microblading or a shade and blade or anything like that, definitely, definitely go check out Carolina. She's fabulous. She's very talented. She's been doing it for a long time. And her prices are super reasonable. So Arch and Point on Instagram. Definitely check her out. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I have pretty thick natural brows um, regardless because I refused to let my mom pluck them when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and she called me a bush baby. <gasps> I know. <laughs> but now words. her and my sister have very thin eyebrows because they got into like the 90s plucking trend, early 2000s plucking trend. And your girl here has thicken brows but um I just found I just find that they're like a little bit sparse and like not super even so I'm going to go for just a micro blading micro shade maybe depending on what she recommends um but just kind of like a natural but fuller look yeah and I know you're asking me like how much time do I need to expect to take off work and the healing process so we will definitely keep you guys updated on Riley's healing process and how much time she felt she can take off work. If you guys are interested in getting done, so you guys can kind of plan your work schedule around your appointments as well. I've done mine now, I think, four times. Um, the first time I ever got it done was with someone else, and they didn't put any numbing agent on. And to have someone cut little cuts across your brow line for like four hours it's a thing um I do not recommend I mean I wish I was gonna say I wish I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemies but there's a couple I do wish it on um (laughs) so if y'all listening I should go to that person (laughs) yeah and this is also coming from two people who have had tattoos in the past oh yeah and I've had tattoos on my ribs like yeah I have a high pain tolerance and I was like woof like this is not feeling great um and then yeah so she does have really good numbing cream, so you really won't feel much of it. I mean, at the end of your appointment, after it's, like, 
you've now cut into your brow for like three hours and you're going over certain spots, you'll start yeah. to feel it again, obviously. But um, yeah, it's a pretty minimal pain experience. And yeah, the results are great. She did a great job covering up um, a former former work that I had done and um I really like my brows I like that I don't really have to wear makeup if I don't want to on them and mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's nice to have like your lashes your brows done and just like right to go yeah and that's exactly why I kind of want to do them like I already get a full but natural um lash done so I kind of want the eyebrows to do it because I do find that when I go out in my day-to-day life if I do put makeup on I just put eyebrows on, like eyebrows. I just put eyebrows stick on. on. Stick on some eyebrows. <laughs> um, but yeah, I actually got a tattoo on the inside of my, um, like my bicep area, lower bicep, and it was all stick and poke. And it's a pretty thick, like yeah, tattoo. Very it's very detailed. So that was, I think, two and a half hours of like what I could imagine the microblading will feel like. So mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like definitely don't regret doing it. It's yeah, it's really great. She's very talented. So. Yeah, check her out, and we'll keep you posted on Riley's microblading journey. I'm going to get something else done. I'm going to go get microneedling done by someone else. And I, yeah, like, I, I like my skin. I like I like how, I, how it looks. But um, just I've heard really good things about microneedling. My lady that does my Botox and that was, like, you know, for pore size and stuff, it's mm. awesome as well. So, yeah, I'm going to give micro-needling a try. I was hesitant because I've heard people say before, like, if you don't go to someone good, they can scar your face and all that. Oh, jeez. And, like, obviously with every kind of, like, cosmetic or, like, um, like any kind of, like, things you're doing on your skin, like, there, there comes with risk. And, like, you definitely need to go do your research and go to someone who is, like, trained in that. So my Botox lady recommended someone who is actually a nurse who has, like, proper training in it. So I'm going to go get that done this coming week, which is an excuse to take some days off, which I'm excited for because you know me and I cannot take days off without feeling extreme guilt. So at least if I'm like forced to take it off, I don't feel as bad. So I'm going to get that done this coming Monday. So I'll let you guys know how that process goes. Maybe we'll post some pictures of our like healing journey, yeah. <laughs> depending on how bad we look. Absolutely. My flaky brows and your flaky skin. Perfect. Love that for us. You'll never see that. Let's be honest. Yeah. We, we always say we're going to post and then we're like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're also, I'm going to book uh, my laser eye surgery. I won't probably do it till like January or so when work is the slowest, but I need to book it soon to get in because it's super busy with this doctor. Um, he's very skilled and he comes highly recommended. I as a lot of you know, probably I'm very, very blind. So it's something I've, I've had worn, um, I've worn, uh, glasses since I think grade one or kindergarten. And yeah, I think just not having to put contacts in every day, um, would be like such a fucking blessing. And it's something I want to do for a long time. And some of my girlfriends got done in the last couple of years and they like swear by it. So I'm definitely going to go look into that and plan to book that hopefully for January. And then you and I were also just discussing that we might book a little anal bleaching because (laughs) why not? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, we were talking about this. I feel like that got really popular to talk about after bridesmaids movie, the bridesmaids movie where they're like yelling at the wedding reception that she loves her like new bleached asshole. I love my new (laughs) bleached asshole. Um, but yes. And in January, I'm also getting my ears redone. Mm January is going to be a good month for us. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, last January I got my ears done and I'm planning on getting them done again before I go to hopefully New Zealand to kind of recover because I'm going to have to take that 
um, time off work anyway, you have to wear a headband for at least two weeks. It's very sexy. But yeah, I had a autoplasty done almost a year ago and the tops of my ears because of the cartilage is so strong have just kind of like popped out again, I guess. So um, he's doing a revision. He's doing it for free because it didn't work the first time, which is really awesome. Um, so if you guys are interested in autoplasty, send me a message and I'll send you uh, the, my doctor's contact information. Yeah. No, I think that's awesome that he's um, revising it for free because yeah. that's that's huge for sure. And I think that's a big... That, I think that takes a lot of like concern or worry from people that are going into it. Being like, if there's a chance that it like goes back, like if you just threw money down the drain... Um, it's nice to know that the doctor will like hear those concerns and like fix them. Yeah, definitely. It's huge. So Riley had the brilliant idea to force us to watch F boy Island and then review it. It was regrettable. And it was very regrettable. We like suffered through it. Um, and yeah, in three episodes, I was like resisting the urge to just skip all the way to the end. Yeah. Um, so the, the premise is that there is, Three girls and 24 guys on an island, and they are self-proclaimed fuckboys and self-proclaimed nice guys, and the only thing differentiating them is that they said to the camera, I'm an F-boy or I'm a nice guy, which, okay, problematic, sure, whatever, weird. Okay. I feel like I need to start with what I thought was going to be the premise based on the trailer. So, yeah, as Danica said, there is, what was it, 12 and 12? Fuckboys and nice guys. Probably. Yeah, so it was something like that. It was just like a divide. You're right. It was just like they were self-proclaimed. And there was $100,000 on the line. And there was three girls. But we aren't told how that's won, who's winning that until the very end. Yes. We don't know that. Exactly. We do not know. Like, you know, in Too Hot to Handle where they're like, listen, you get this amount of money unless you do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And like the outline's very clearly drawn of how you win this money. Yeah. So you have some people being like, yeah, I'm here for the money and everything. And so what I thought was going to happen was that they had these three girls, they were going to go on dates with guys, kind of like Bachelor style, and then at the end of every episode, they have to eliminate um, a guy each, and if they end up with only the nice guys, then they split the money with the nice guys, maybe, but if they keep a fuck boy in, then the fuck boys get the money. Yeah. Like, this is what I thought the premise Which was Which makes be. a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah. So, that's kind of the concept we have going into this. So, first off, my thoughts were like, three girls and 24 guys seems like fucking hell to me. <laughs> um, I would hate to be on an island with that many men. Um, yeah, that's a, the that's a first thought. You, you would have to pay me to be there. And then, Garrett, who is kind of like the... Antag- or antagonist for the entire series comes out of the start and it's like he literally is there for like 30 seconds and he's like I deserve the bracelet and this dumb blonde bitch is like okay and like, <laughs> and like I am not a fan of her throughout the entire thing because we find out a lot about Garrett just being a straight fuck boy one he literally proclaims he is um, find out he has a girlfriend all this shit um, and then uh, she's like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're cute. And he's not remotely attractive. He's not an attractive human by any stretch of the word, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, do you think, because at the one point when she finds out he has a girlfriend, um, she's offered the chance from the production company or production, I guess, that she can like FaceTime the girlfriend, alleged girlfriend with him. And then the girl is like, she asks the girlfriend, is this your boyfriend? She's like, no, we were dating. We're not together anymore. My theory is that they were together and then they were both like, hey, this is a chance for us to make money. Why yeah. don't you go on it? And if you win, me and you are going to split the money. And if 
I will deny that we're together. I'll put it on Instagram that we're not together anymore. If anyone asks me, we're not together. Um, but let's go make that money. That's my theory. Of yeah. It. So how the money situation actually worked was that it it was basically just a dating show. It kind of wasn't a game show. And at the very end, they had to pick between two people. And the premise was, if you picked a nice guy, each girl got $100,000 essentially. If they picked the nice guy, then they would split that money 50-50. And if they picked a fuck boy, then the fuck boy would get the money and then the fuck boy got to choose whether to continue the relationship and split the money 50-50 or keep 100K. So really just like misogynistic with the women, the max they can get at any point is 50,000. Yeah. And the men can get potentially 100,000. Yeah. For being losers. So it was not what we had hoped it was. If anyone wants to remake my version of Fuckboy Island, let me know. Because <laughs> I have some ideas. Yeah. So there... The one pro I found was that there's a male exotic dancer, so represent. I like that. Yeah. Um, his dancing was questionable in that one scene. It made it a little uncomfortable. That's okay. I liked him. Um, Mark is creepy as hell and so fucking pale and so fucking cringe. Um, and the necklaces were so bad. I don't know why they all were in those tacky-ass necklaces. It was like the p- uh, puka. Yeah, but not even. They were like... Be- like, bead- like horribly beaded necklaces. Yeah, that, that someone got from like... A gas station on the way to the airport. That's like, exactly <laughs> it. They're like, get 24 of those. We need them. <laughs> um, and yeah, the whole thing was pretty cringe. They made some comments that you and I both kind of side at each other. Like um, the one gentleman named Welcome, I think his name yes. was. He says that he, to one of the girls, the blonde one, that uh, he is has open relationships. And she like makes a comment being like, open relationships are weird. Yeah. And I was like... What a missed opportunity to not look like a fucking idiot, but there you go. (laughs) Yeah, even just like open relationships are not for me. Yeah. That's all you have to be to like not shun an entire community. Yeah, and shame them. Like they're weird. So that was kind of like, oh, that's another reason why I didn't like her. Um, At the end, um, of course, Garrett is a fuckboy, which we were told. So I don't even understand the concept. Are we going to do spoilers though? Yeah, it's been out so long. We've waited waited so long to review it. I feel like if you haven't already watched it. Um, don't honestly don't <laughs> yeah if you haven't already watched it and you want to for whatever fucking reason skip ahead like 15 seconds um but i recommend you just listen to us and don't even watch it but yeah at the end um i don't even remember the names cj is the one girl she goes with a nice guy and they um want to keep the relationship going and they split the money and they're happy the next girl i don't remember her name either oh um not nikita it's like a really pretty name that I haven't heard before. Nakia? Um, Nakia. Nakia, I think. Maybe we'll look that up just in the case. But anyways, um, she goes with a former fuck boy, allegedly turned nice guy, and they decide they want to split the money and keep going. And then the blonde girl, can't remember her name, Stacy. It feels like that's a Stacy name, but it's probably not her name at all. Uh, she goes with Garrett, who's a fucking loser. He's a loser the entire season. And he... She's like, I love you. I, you know, whatever, whatever. Like, yeah, we want to do this. Let's split the money. And he's like, thanks, but no thanks. Like, this is a fucking game. You fell for it, bitch. Like, pretty much. And, like, he kept the 100000 And she's, like, distraught. And then the very end, the host is like, I don't think we should reward fuckboys. So the 100000 you think you're winning, Garrett, is actually going to go to charity of her choice. Um, which, I mean, I'd still be like, 
damn, I still ain't winning no money. Yeah. Like, at least I think they should have given, like, 50, 50% to her. So, 50000 to her and 50000 to charity. Yeah. So, like, what would have been his, the 50000 goes to charity. Because this girl is literally just, like, left being like, well, I'll just go fuck myself then. I got, like, yeah, but, embarrassed on national TV and I got $0. So, here's the thing. The whole point, I guess, of this show was that fuck boys learnt their lesson and were not fuck boys and, like, actually chose commitment and that the women who were like self-proclaimed always getting hurt by fuck boys learned to not pick a fucking fuck boy. So like she fucked herself over. Like mm-hmm. she, honestly, she was a straight dumb bitch. Like there were so many fucking mm-hmm. signs. So many people were warning her to like don't yeah. go for him. <sighs> yes. Um the one so, thing I do I was gonna say my favorite thing about the show was that the boys absolutely unleashed on each other. Mm, they felt all the fucking yes, tea. Yes, so they kept all the guys around until the top six, I believe, and then asked all of the guys to spill anything that had happened on screen or off screen. They were literally like, they literally pulled out the fucking receipts and they're yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, first of all, off camera, this guy said this to me. This guy said that if he was going to be with you, he was going to buy you a pair of... Uh, fake tits because he's only oh, yes. ever with girls with fake tits. That he said that he would never look at any of you three on the street. Like, yeah, yeah he just this one That's guy who savage. was a self-proclaimed nice guy when he got eliminated just went off. And like, and I was like. Yeah, and like that's the thing is like they had this moment at the end to do this, but before that even happened, we're during one of the elimination rounds. Halfway through, this nice guy was like, "No, that's really fine. Like, I get it. Like, time for me to go home." But first, and then he like pivoted to the people. Yeah. He's like, this fucking guy and this fucking guy. And I was like, yes, like that would be 100% me. I'd be like, listen, if I'm going down, all y'all fuckers going down. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I, that was like 100% my, my favorite part. But yeah, um, the one part I do agree with with Garrett is that um, he made a comment when he was like, you know, throwing the wrench in her plan. And he was like, at the end, he was like, hey, they told you what I was. Um, you want to ignore it and this is a fucking game and I completely do agree with that and that's how me and you looked at it too like there was a lot of times where the guys would like say something fucking stupid and we were both like it's a fucking game dude like say what you need to say like they'd be like actually I fuck around with all these bitches and it's like what like don't say that (laughs) like and that's kind of why I mean obviously I don't want Garrett to win the money because he was a complete fuckhead but he was the only one playing the game Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where it got a little bit weird that you didn't know how the money worked mm-hmm. because like at the end of the day, like you're right, like say what you need to say, do what you need to do. Like if you need to convince people that you're the nice guy um, or you need to fuck someone out of money, like you're there on a game show, mm-hmm. but it was kind of also a dating show. And like, that was the yeah, point. It was, kind it of was, a, weird it was a bit messy sure. to be honest. Yeah. I also think, yeah, they should have not revealed the fuck boy nice guy thing until the very end. Um, is what I think they should have done, yeah, too. Yeah, because they did that, like, two-thirds of the way through. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of a weird, yeah. That was odd. Um, so, yeah, watch it if you want to, but also you could just go with our review and just skip the whole thing. Uh, work updates. How's work been for you? Work has been good. Um, when I have been working, I feel like I took a decent amount of time off at the end of August. Uh, I went camping with some girlfriends, which was really lovely, um, and then we went away for a girls' trip as well. But when I have been working, it has been good. <laughs> yeah, honestly, my voice is pretty fucked from working and talking to people constantly. Um, you guys can probably notice it's a little lower now, a little raspier, which it typically gets um, the more I work. Uh, but no, yeah, work has been good. Um, September was off to a good start. Uh, you and I were out of town for a bit, which was nice. 
Um, I feel like we try to have relaxing times, but we never have relaxing times. So I feel like I have to come back from trips being like more tired than when I went in, but that's okay. All in a day's worth of work. (laughs) (laughs) What can you do? Um, No, did you have a good long weekend? Yeah, it just passed. Yeah, I mean, I was with you, so. So you had a great one. So I had. (laughs) The best time of your life. (laughs) Um, Um, No, it was good. I always find that the club is like never really my crowd on a long weekend, so it was kind of nice to like get away for it and not feel too too guilty about it, you know. Mm -hmm. And we got to go on a boat a couple times, which is always nice. The last bit of summer sunshine in. Yeah. Before, yeah, really. before the fall comes, which honestly, I'm so fucking excited for the fall. Fall is like my favorite time of year. I love anything spooky ooky. I love Halloween. I love Fright Nights of the Pioneer. Love horror movies. Love corn mazes. I will hit up the corn maze probably seven plus times this year. Um, yeah, very excited about all of that coming yeah. fall stuff. Uh, so, random musings. Today, I want to ask you, what are the most common remarks or compliments you get at work? Yes. So, we've had a little discussion about this um, previously on the podcast. So, I feel like most of the compliments I get are backhanded. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be like, oh, you're too pretty to work here, or um, you're not what I thought a stripper would be like, or anything surrounding the like, oh, you're actually cool and like a surprise. Yeah, like, and oh, absolute shit. Oh, you're actually down to earth. Oh, you actually have a personality. Or you're actually smart. Yeah. Um, just kind of anything like that, like sort of backhanded, not to me, but like to the club and the other girls and like or sex workers as a whole. Sex workers in general, exactly. Um, or that um, I'm funny and I'm petite would be like the extracted like an actual compliment yeah yeah what about you um big old bitties yeah that's typically what i get your tits are great um yeah i get that a lot the comment i get is like your tits are are your tits real and i say real expensive (laughs) but yeah that's obviously like probably the number one comment is about my boobs when they first see me uh i yeah i get you're actually really smart i get that a lot um which again is like definitely backhanded compliment so okay thanks I get a lot of compliments on my teeth people say are your teeth fake do you have veneers um and even when I say like no they're like yeah they are I'm like oh okay yeah <laughs> oh, okay sure whatever uh you smell good I get that a lot yeah um because I drown myself in perfume and then this is what prompted this question because I worked a little while back and I get this a lot um your skin is so soft I get it all the time. At least like several times a night when I'm doing a dance, guys will be like, your skin's so soft. And this particular one, the reason it prompted it was a guy went to grab my hand and he grabbed his hand back. Like he touched me and grabbed his hand <laughs> like back. like burnt you on it. Yeah. And he was like, oh my God. He's like, your skin's so soft. And I was like, oh, okay. And I like touched my hand again. And he like touched it and he literally did this to my hand. He like reached out to my hand. He's like, he's like, literally he was like, you're like a cloud. It's not even real. And then he's like, poof. And he like. <laughs> As if, like, I was a cloud. But, like, I don't know. What? I don't think my hands are that soft. But, like... They just feel like woman's hands. Yeah, but my then, then my mom felt it the other day, and she's like, why do you feel like that? I was like, I don't know. A cloud? Like, yeah, like, and then I told her, I was like, like, a cloud? And she's like, kind of. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, you do have smooth skin, but it's... Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's, like, shocking. But yeah. apparently, apparently it's, like, 
shockingly cloud-like my, my skin. <laughs> and I was like, and then I just started laughing. And I was like, I took a mental note that I had to bring it up and like ask you what like compliments you've gotten that were like yeah. regular, like often or like something that was like, what? And like the cloud one, me being like, poof, was like, yeah. definitely like, what? Yeah, I definitely think your skin is soft and you smell good as like kind of generic yeah. ones. But like those are also generic ones that I dish out to guys too, right? Like... Okay, I know the skin softness, but like this smelling good, yeah, hundred percent. Or like your hair is soft. I always say that, even though it's not soft. Okay, so am I an asshole? We posted these uh, last week and let you guys have your response to them and vote if you guys agreed the person was an asshole or wasn't. So the first one is my customer is in love with me and it hurts him that I don't love him, but I don't want to lose him. Am I the asshole? Seventeen percent said they're an asshole. 83% said that they're not an asshole. So the answers that people sent in were, that's what they pay you for, sis. And then someone said, yes, he's the asshole. No, she's not the asshole. They're the asshole as in the client is the deluded asshole thinking only of himself and his wants. Another one said, cut that custody loose. There's more that will take his place. So yeah, I think they, for the majority of them agreed with us that she's not an asshole for not being in love with her client, but still maintaining the client yeah. relationship because that's literally, as someone pointed out, her fucking job. That literally reminds me of the song, like, I understood the assignment. <laughs> yeah, 100%. The next Am I an Asshole uh, situation was as follows. Being a stripper but never wanting one of my boyfriends to go to the strip clubs while together, am I the asshole? And because there was a little confusion when you and I did this, I put in parentheses, you know, um, not wanting the your boyfriend or partner to go to the strip club without you. Right, Um, Just to clarify. So 39% said that they're an asshole for not wanting their partner to go, and 61% said no. And the answers that were sent in were as follows. Uh, Stripping is a two-way relationship, performer and observer. In my opinion, that interaction is either cheating or it's not. I personally think it's a bit hypocritical to strip but not let your partner go to clubs. This one has me thinking, though. I'm curious to see what other people's reasoning is. The next person said, no, they're not an asshole, but there's lo- there has to be a reason given as to why. Clearly defined boundaries and relationships are needed. Another one said, no, they're not an asshole. Just because you're a stripper, it doesn't mean that you don't have your own boundaries around it. Another person wrote in, it's weird because I'm jealous of my man. If my man pays another woman, he can look all day. But like he's paying because he wants to see her naked that bad. Tells me he wants to fuck her that bad. I'm not down for solo fucking, but I'm down for threesomes orgies together. If that makes sense. Another one said, she better not want him to watch porn either. Comparing the strip club to porn, which I don't know if I agree with that one. Next one, I'm a married dancer and I don't like this either. I haven't forbid him, but if I go into work and make money and you go in and spend money, you're canceling out the money I made. My husband does siding and I would not hire one of his coworkers to put siding on our house. It's a job, it's work, it's not just entertainment. The next one says, hers is her job. He'd be paying to watch other women strip. I think she's being pretty reasonable. Another one wrote in, I said yes, but I've actually changed my mind. Going to this club to work and make money is one thing. It's a job, and generally, strippers don't get off on giving lap dances like the people paying for them do. The boyfriend going to the club as a patron and buying dances and lightly getting aroused, etc. by them is a totally different dynamic. I think it's totally fair as a stripper to ask your partner to not go to the strip club without you for that reason. And I completely, that's exactly what I think too. Yeah, I think uh, think it's a really good point to bring up the 
part because the first one was like, oh, it's a two way street between performer and customer. But one of them well, is, is just working. Yeah. 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 And I think it's a good uh, uh, reasoning of like, well, I wouldn't hire like. I wouldn't, hi- I wouldn't hire someone else to, like, make me beer. To arouse like, me. Yeah. yeah. I completely agree with that being, like, yes, there's two people in that scenario, but the scenario is very different for both those people. Yes. Uh, the last one here is, they're not an asshole because they know how men that go to those clubs behave. I am scared of commitment because of the amount of married men that will beg a stripper for sex. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Boy, if this job doesn't ruin your faith in men. Or just really make you see clearly how shit men are. Mm-hmm. That too. Uh, next one. Being a stripper but not wanting to have sex with my partner very often, am I the asshole? 10% said she is the asshole. 90% said no. The answers that got written in were, depends. If the sex started off high and fell off over the course of the relationship, I lean towards yes. But if it's the same as it was at the start and he's now demanding more, then I lean towards no. And then... I, I responded to this person. I said, I assume it's just always been that case that he wants more sex than she is capable of providing due to the sexual exhaustion from her work. And he replied saying, yes, there's definitely that. So if that's a factor for the amount of sex falling off and he's not being an understanding partner, then she's not the asshole as it would be akin to her having a medical condition which hindered the sex drive and him not being understanding of that. I would like to um, disagree. With which part? I would like to disagree with if the sex has fallen off since the beginning of the relationship, then she's the asshole. Because um, I think that's a natural thing in in most relationships that you start like fucking all day, every day, and it slowly tapers off. Like you hear that in marriages all the time. (laughs) And it feels like this person is contributing that to her work as a sex worker and it's not the same thing like imagine being like oh well you're the like if you were if your partner got home from work after a late shift long long as shifts he's too tired to have sex Mm -hmm. you would never be like well you're the asshole for still working yeah that's why i think it was important for me to um tell them that i think the sex drives have always been different and i think like the reason she feels like she's not matching it is because of her sexual exhaustion from her job it's not that she just like was putting out a lot at the beginning that was like, hey, fuck, I don't need to anymore. Yeah. I think, like, their sex drive levels are different, and it's for her, it's because, like, she's but, probably sexually, ex- ex- yeah. sexually ex- depleted from her work. But I'm saying, like, even if it was the same at the beginning and hers took yeah. it off, that's not, she's not an asshole because yeah. she's tired from her work. It's depleted her in different yeah. ways. You would never say that to someone who, like, just worked a 12-hour shift or, like, three weeks on, three weeks off. And they're too tired to have sex. Like, you would just never. Yeah. I think, like, the way they kind of made it, maybe I'm, like, you know, misunderstanding them. I feel like they were kind of saying, like, yeah, like, you almost, like, tricked this person to, like, fucking them all the time. And now you're, like, too lazy to do it. Oh, okay. And that's kind of, like, how I feel like they're saying it. Like, you're an asshole. Yeah, the sex started high and fell off over the course of the relationship. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I guess it fell off would be, like, well, I mean, the sex in my relationship, like, Every relationship falls off in relationships, I mean, too. I feel like I... Yeah, okay, we don't need to hear about you. For the most part, <laughs> for the most part, that's a very common trend, and I yeah, feel like this is very being, this is blaming the work, and specifically sex work. And, like, yes, it does deplete you in other ways, but you would just never say it someone was, like, too tired to have sex, no matter the job. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be like, well, you're the asshole. Like, <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah, I think because the person included, I'm a stripper and I don't want to have sex as much, and she's equating it to her job as well. Um, I think that's why it's fair to kind of be like, oh, well, maybe it's because of like sexual exhaustion from her yeah. job that she's not doing as much sex. And like, true, but I still don't think that that makes you the asshole. Of course, oh, no, I'm completely agreeing yeah, with yeah. you. And like, I just think that the reason why that the person that wrote in said, I'm a stripper and I can't give as much sex is yes. because because I'm a stripper, I'm sexually exhausted where when I come home, I don't have that part of me to give anymore. Yeah, yeah. Am I the asshole? And no, you're no, not. No, no, no. Like, Absolutely. Sorry, I was just talking specifically about this person's response to it. Oh, being yeah, like, being like, okay, then, off, then it's then okay. you're the asshole. Yeah. It's like, well, no, because yeah. you wouldn't say that to any other job. Like, in simplest like, terms, they're saying, you're an asshole if it just fell off, but you're not an asshole if it fell off because of work. And you're saying... You're never an asshole if sex just falls off either because of work or otherwise because that's a natural progression of a yeah, relationship. Exactly. Or yeah. no matter your job. Like this person could have written and be like, I'm a surgeon and I have to work 18 hours a yeah. day. Or if you don't work I at all asshole. and yeah. you're just your sex just falls yeah. off. Like that is very common in a lot of relationships yeah. that you just, I guess, like people just think of it as like a new shiny toy and then you're like, okay, well, now other things become priorities. Um, and also, I think too, like when you're in a relationship, and you just started, like, the sex is the biggest thing because that's all you've fallen in love with, potentially. You're mm-hmm. in lust still. And then as you develop more love, there's other ways to, like, feel that Connected. love with yeah. yeah love with each other rather than just the explicit sex act. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next, The next person wrote on saying, well, I hope she at least dances for him once in a while to make up for it, I guess. Obviously, it's her body, but I think I'd be hurt if my partner would be more sexual or sensual for strangers. First of all, I would never dance with my man. Because I feel like it is, I mean, first of all, he would never ask me. He would never want it. But also I think that there's something to be said about like keeping your distance between like work, unless you want to dance for your man. And like that's something sexy that happens between you guys. Like now you're just doing work because you feel like you have to. Um, And also like, I'm sorry, but your sexuality is just as much a part of you as your humor or your brains or anything or any type of talent. So like, I feel like that really odes to the, the position of sexuality in a partnership. Just like, again, you would never say like, well, you never use your X, Y, and Z talents when you're like, you use them more with strangers. Yeah. Yeah, um, I get on the very surface level what this person's trying to I say, but it almost seems like they're not someone in the in in the industry. Um, I don't know. I don't but, know. A single dancer who would be like, well, at least uh, I hope you at least dance for him sometimes. Yeah, again, they might be a dancer. Yeah, who knows? I didn't really look at who wrote it in. I try to stay very like, um, like unbiased. Yeah, unbiased yeah. when I get people writing in, but it does kind of sound like someone who maybe isn't in the industry because. We know how performative our jobs are that for me to even try to compare my sexuality or sensuality to what I'm doing at the club, it could not be more yeah. more opposite of the scale. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it wouldn't even... I would never behave the way I behave at a club and that alleged sexuality or sensuality I'm giving at the club give to my partner because it's so fucking fake and so not me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, the sensuality that really I'm exuding truthfully at the club is 0.1%. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I would never want to bring 0.1% of my sensuality to my partner. Yeah. Um, And you know what? Maybe I'm going through this being pretty defensive as well because, like, I mean, as I've said in previous episodes, thanks to, like, a combination of things, like, my libido has dropped as well. Mm -hmm. Um, For the past year, I've been on antidepressants. I'm trying to change them. I'm in the middle of changing them at the moment to try and get my libido. So, like, for me, I'm defensive both of my sexual self and of my work. Like, I know that I would also feel this way 
if I, if I had any other job. And mm. yes, it's probably um, magnified because I have to spend whatever sexual energy I have at work. But like, I got to pay my bills too, you know? Yeah, like, I And think- as you said, like the customers in the club don't get my sensuality they get purely performative sexuality yeah and I think like that's a huge thing to note too in this is that it is a fucking job so just on the flip side of that well she better dance for him at home to make up for it well then he better pay me at home to do it yeah I mean like I'm not doing it for the hell of it it would be I think this only stands this kind of thing of like well you better bring that home too is if this person was going out to the clubs like you know regular civilian clubs and dancing around and being super sexual with free people like not getting charging them doing it because they wanted to just for the hell of it and then coming home and being a total prude and being like don't touch me that i think that's the only time where someone could be like hey why are you so flirty for free with people so sexual with other people and you come home and don't do that here yeah but it being a job completely negates this kind of concept of like you better do that at home too well that's i'm not getting paid to do it at home so i'm not doing it at home i like imagine if your partner was like a michelin star chef or like you know, yeah, pastry exactly. maker, and they'd spend all fucking like full time at their restaurant, like having to do all of these gourmet meals in a very artist, uh, like artistic but mechanical manner. And then you came home, and your partner was like, "You don't make me enough gourmet like home meals." Anything to add to another layer to that, like from the people that I know are very high up chefs. There's a real love for food. There's yeah. a real love for being in the kitchen. Um, that doesn't necessarily translate in sex work. A lot of people do sex work because they have a talent for it. But if this job was available with this freedom and this money in another career, they would ideally, yeah. like I know I would jump to another job real quick if the money and time was there. Yeah. So like I, we don't have the passion around dancing sexually for people that yeah, someone might have for cooking, good, right? Very so, good point. Like, the joy isn't there that a chef might have actually cooking at home. Yes, but I I I guess my point was, like, yeah, of course you're going to get beautiful meals every now and again. But you can't, like, you can't be, like, mad that someone is using that talent for other people when they get, that's their livelihood. And they're being compensated for it. And then, like, you come home and you get whatever, uh, just a regular cooked meal or, like, some leftovers or, like, whatever you get. It's, like, and then you sit there and pout because it's not, like, your five-star gourmet. 100%. 100%. The next one wrote in, and I think we'll agree with this person. I fuck when I want to fuck. This implies that my work regulates my sex drive any more than any other exhausting job. You'll get what you deserve. More than welcome to make me a sandwich, though, and rub my feet. And that's, yeah, that's exactly the point that I made was, like, um, it's, it, no matter the job, if you're exhausted, you're exhausted. Yeah, if and especially a labor job. Like, especially a labor job. Like, you're going to be physically exhausted, and, like, that's also part of a relationship is like the sex drive like ebbs and flows for a lot of people and like a lot of that does go with how stressful work is or how demanding work is so yeah the next one here throwing a drink on a guy that was masturbating while he was (laughs) the only customer so originally so we got banned from tiktok uh because we suggested to throw a jar at him (laughs) yeah and then tiktok did not like that hate towards the male population (laughs) it's harassment and bullying (laughs) yeah you dumb slut (laughs) um so originally 27 percent said that the um the person throwing the drink was the asshole and 73 percent said no but i think there was a lot of confusion on the wording of it of who is the asshole or not so then i reworded it saying with is she an asshole or is he the asshole? Right. And once that was done, 4% said she's the asshole and 96% said he's okay, the asshole. Okay, there we go. There it is. Yeah. So the 
right the people that wrote in said i don't know they're both rude depends on the context of the jerking off honestly at first i said he was rude but then i think it's too much to throw a drink on a custody unless his dick is super close and if so how are you that close and didn't notice him taking his whole dick out in the first place well guys do that every day but there is a way to go about it to solve it and keep making money that guy may never come back and do an hour or whatever it is because he didn't know that he couldn't do that Again, it's the context. If he's a creep, then he's a creep. And it probably isn't spending money anyways. Need more details. I'm sorry, but if you are the only customer... Like, I feel like it's pretty straightforward. If you are the only customer and you're jerking off in a club... And to be fair, I am assuming that it's just like in... It's not in the champagne room. It's like just in the general club. Mm -hmm. Like, if you masturbate anywhere in public, at any place of work you deserve at least a drink thrown on you. 100%. And then I had a lot of people writing that they wrote the wrong one for the first time that I was confusing. So, oh my God, I'm, I so meant to write no on this that the dude is gross. I meant yes, the dude's the asshole, not the drink thrower. Shit, I meant no. Accidentally, <laughs> yes. That guy's a creep and deserved it. I meant to hit no. Can you delete my answer? The customer is the asshole. I pressed the wrong one times 100. The customer, the customer is the asshole. Throw the chair. And then someone said, this question may have been more effective if worded differently. I couldn't tell if you were asking if the drink thrower was the master or the master but it was the asshole so we cleared that up four yeah. percent of you thought um the girl was 96 percent said the assholes the asshole is the customer which prompted another instagram question do you think it's ever acceptable for customers to touch themselves in the club if so when and what do you do if a customer is touching themselves and you aren't okay with it so there was quite a bit of response to this we'll just go down the list called yeah. them out on that shit it's not cute Sometimes I embarrass them by raising my voice. I might sit, and another person said, I might say something playful like, you know better, baby, don't make me spank you. Or I might say something aggressive like, do you want to lose a hand? Or I might end the dance. It really depends. Next person says, I pin their arms up and face them when I dance or twerk upside down and kick them in the head. (laughs) Another person said, absolutely not, unless it's a full service club and at the very least, do it in the toilet. Someone else wrote in, try to laugh it off for my safety while saying no. If the customer continues, I pretend to use bather, which I'm not sure what that is. I pretend to use, oh, the bathroom, maybe, maybe. like they leave. And I guess I just cut them off because stupid Instagram thing, like, lets you have, like, two words. The next one, don't touch yourself unless I verbally consent to it and for extra money. I laugh and point. (laughs) (laughs) No, strip clubs are not there in a public space and we're not fucking invited to do that. No, putting club licenses and jobs at risk. If they weren't invited to do so, that's non-consensual too. I walk away unless I know I can get away with throwing a drink, lol. There's security, no fucking chances. Another one said, with consent and compensation, preferably not on the floor, I usually grab security if I see it. Another one said, only to pee, friend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, another person said, they can do it in the bathroom. I don't care. But one time we closed early because a guy overflowed the toilet. He overflowed it by throwing a full condom down there. He was wearing during dances. Oh, y'all nasty. Another person wrote in, it's okay if it's part of the club's explicit rules. I tell them they can't do that in here because we have rules and cameras. Sorry, let's just track it back. So this guy was wearing a condom during a dance. Yeah. And then he threw it out in the toilet and the toilet overflowed. Yeah. Okay. So we got that sorted. Yeah. So from the club's point of view, the toilet overflowed, they found a condom, and somehow they tracked it back to this guy who admitted he was wearing a drink and dance. 
Oh, that was me. Like, <laughs> I know, that was or me. Or like, uh, they saw the person go into the, but you can't see what cubicle they go into. Maybe a man's only has one. So like, you see a guy come in and out. You questioned him about it, and he was like, "Yeah, I just wear it during down." Like, yeah. What? I'd like to know the detective work that went into <laughs> yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Please, please write how back this, in. Uh, this was found out. Yeah. Please write back in. Let us know. We have questions. Uh, another one says it's only acceptable if the dancer's okay with it. Um. Charge them quadruple and make them pay. It's so fucking gross. Or when it's a couple and they touch each other, like, their hands are all fucking disgustingly dirty in here. Do not diddle. And further, you aren't paying us enough to jerk off in our presence. Go home. No, absolutely not. Go see a full-service sex worker if you want. Full-service sex worker if he wants that. No, I tell him to stop it before the bouncer comes back to stop him. and, And I charge extra. Another person said it's never okay. One said no, kick them out. Another person said no, the club is not a place for the potential for fluid swapping. Touching genitals risks that. Another person said when I'm being adequately compensated, nothing is free. Nah, I don't allow it, lol. I'm at the club to tease. They can do that when they get home. Other people said no, never. Absolutely not. Only when they ask for permission and their consent, but even then I wouldn't say yes. Depends on how intense the touching is. Over jeans versus dick out. If dick out, I end the dance. Another person said, end the dance, no refunds. No, I let the dancer touch me however she wants or she guides my hands. I like this one. Um, I'm the only one allowed to work in here. Now you have to sit on your hands until you know how to listen. Uh, it's not okay. Though beautiful and erotic, the dance is meant to light a fire within. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm getting is no, never, but if you pay me, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then someone wrote, I can't believe losers do that. I'm fucking embarrassed for all the men in the world. Oh, my club has a jack shack as VIP, <gasps> so only then. Great for an app sale, but outside that, I walk out. Yeah. Jack shack? A I've jack never heard shack. that. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, I worked in a club with a VIP mutual masturbation room. It's the only time I'd find it appropriate. Interesting. I want to hear more about these, like, clubs with um, extras, but, like, yeah. in, a, in a different way. <laughs> one person said, one Take the money. Two, scream and run out of the room immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, most of them is, you know, I'm going to charge them more or I'm not okay with it. Um, yeah. Most of them is just a lot of no, fuck that, get security. Or I, if they're going to do it, they're going to charge them charge them extra. Yeah. Um, a lot of them say they're not allowed to touch, aside from the, a few ones that say that um, they have these, <laughs> love the term, jack, jack shack. And then a lot of people say in, like, condescending ways, like, oh, sweetie, no, please don't do that. We have to be good in here. Sit on your hands. And then a lot say that they touch outside the jeans only, um, that there's no, you know, taking the dick out um, and, like, no adjusting themselves, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera. Or getting the bouncers. A lot of people said getting the bouncers, too. What would you do if a guy tried to jerk off? I would probably, like, play it off, like, oh, you can't do that here, or, like... You'll have to, like, save these memories for later. Or oh. yeah. yeah, I mean, it's definitely that delicate delicate line between you don't want to, like, completely shut them down because it costs it's going to cost you money if you're too aggressive and tell them to go fuck themselves. But also you need to be stern enough that they stop doing it because it could cost you your job if they do it, especially uh, the clubs I've worked at. That's definitely not allowed. There's no jack shack or anything like that. So, yeah, usually it's something like that where it's like, 
um, none of that. Or yeah. like, I know I'm, I'm pretty fucking sexy, but like, don't touch your fucking dick. Like, yeah. I'll like kind of do a joke, but kind of do harsh. Yeah. Um, usually, honestly, it's, it's, I think maybe like, out of the years I've been dancing, maybe like 10 times guys have like tried to take their dick out. I feel like most people like know that that's not a thing in the clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, I find a lot of them that have tried to do it are not from here. They're like, you know, visiting from somewhere else. That have like champagne rooms that sort of turn a yeah. blind eye. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then they're just not used to like Vancouver not being that kind of, that those kind of clubs. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for writing in with the Am I the Asshole responses and voting. We'll probably do that again for these ones. And we have two new ones now or three new ones or yes. a hundred new this ones. This is a very long one. So buckle up. <clears throat> <laughs> Am I the asshole for not telling my boyfriend about strippers at a bachelorette party? Okay. My boyfriend and I have been together for almost four years. We met in college, started dating our junior year, and are part of the same friends group. A couple of friends of ours were supposed to get married last summer, but delayed it uh, to this year. We are both in the wedding party and we were both invited to the bachelor slash bachelorette parties. During the planning of the bachelor party, my boyfriend told me that the best man wanted to go to a strip club and the groom got the go ahead from the bride. I am very uncomfortable with strip clubs, just always have been. I am not trying to shame sex workers in any way, but strip clubs always just kind of grossed me out. I told my boyfriend this and I told him I would feel much better if he didn't participate in that part of the bachelor party. I wasn't going to tell him because I can't, I wasn't going to tell him he can't go to the party at all, just that when the other guys go to the strip club, he finds something else to do. We got in kind of a fight about it because he was worried that he would only, he would be the only guy not going to the club and would therefore be alone at a bar or have to leave altogether if the rest of the party wanted to stay there for a long time. I understand that part of it, but I was pretty firm that I didn't want him to go to the club part and he eventually relented. The parties were scheduled for the same weekend and the bachelor party got a hotel suite for the night. Well, it turns out that the maid of honor hired a couple of male strippers to come to the room for a private show. I wasn't really comfortable with it and tried to leave, but the rest of the girls pretty much made me stay. After the parties, I asked my boyfriend how the bachelor party was, and he pretty much just said it was fun and that he hung out at a bar with a couple of the guys while the rest went to the strip club for an hour or so. He asked how my party went, and I told him it was fun, but didn't mention the male strippers. I don't know why I didn't tell him, I just didn't. At the wedding reception, a couple of weeks later, I was talking with some people and noticed my boyfriend talking with a group of people in the wedding party across the room, and they were all laughing except my boyfriend. (laughs) I kept looking at them, and eventually my boyfriend looks at me and just stares daggers at me. Like, I've never seen him look at me that way before, and I felt really uncomfortable. He was really cold with me and the rest of the ni- for the rest of the night, and he ended up getting pretty drunk and passing out of the hotel as soon as we got there. On the car ride home the next day, he finally opened up to me and said that one of the bridesmaids had told him about the strippers, and he was pissed that I wouldn't let him go to the strip club and then, and then go hang out, hang out with male strippers in a private hotel room show. Or for a private ro- hotel room show, sorry. He said that he... 
He said that it was way worse than a strip club and that I was a huge asshole and a hypocrite for it. He said he feels like I'm hiding something because I didn't tell him about the strippers and he doesn't believe me that nothing happened. So, am I the asshole? Okay, can we paraphrase it all? Yes. Well, they kind of got lost in there, so there's a lot going on. Absolutely. I'm sorry, I'm not the best at reading out loud. Um, Basically, she had heard that the bachelor party was going to... Uh, go to a strip club and she was pretty firm that he, she was uncomfortable with her partner going to the strip club. So he eventually um, kind of gave in and went to the um, bar while the other guys went to the strip club. So he but did not go to the strip club. He did club. not go to the strip club. Um, at the same time, like the bachelor and the bachelorette party was at the same time. That weekend, um, the bridesmaid and their party um, had a hotel room suite and Unbeknownst to her, the maid of honor had hired a couple of strippers to um, come and perform at their hotel room suite. And she, quote unquote, um, couldn't leave. They kind of made her stay. And then when they kind of exchanged information about the two parties, she didn't mention the male strippers. He later found out at the wedding. Okay, so in essence, she asked her partner, they're both going to a bachelor, bachelor party. She told her partner, don't go to the strip club. He didn't. And then at hers, there were strippers and she stayed. Yes. Um, and she didn't tell him. And then they talked about it in a public place where he heard. He found out from other people. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I always just love the idea that men are always the asshole in situations. But, I mean, no one can force you to stay anywhere so I think that's just a cop-out being like they forced me like that's unless they the like actually drugged and kidnapped you in which case like we have a different discussion here um don't be a little bitch like that and be like oh I had no say they forced yeah. it like that's like that's a goof thing to do um you made that adult decision to stay and you should have gone to your partner as soon as the next time you spoke to him about it and told him what happened you're a shitty partner for that I think that there is two ways that you could have handled this absolutely better. One is to leave and go to the hotel bar um, for an hour or so while they did their performance and then tell your partner about it. Or B, send a quick text message to your partner saying that you didn't know but there's strippers there and, you know, figure it out from there. If that means he gets to go to the strip club, then I feel like that's tit for tat. Um, If it's just you being completely honest, then that's also the you know, the right thing to do in that situation. So I think that she's the asshole. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And like, this literally has nothing to do with the strip clubs. It is literally just the fact that you didn't tell your partner something that you would have wanted him to tell you. Simple end of story. Exactly. It's really not that complicated. Just don't be a fucking cunt and don't lie to your partner. Okay. The next one. Am I the asshole for wearing six, six inch stripper heels to a wedding? (laughs) I, 25 female, was a stripper during my college years to pay for tuition and rent. Relatable. I'm proud of it because I didn't graduate with debt and and I liked working there. The girls and owners were oddly kind. Okay. Oddly. Oddly. Um, But that was my biased views before I worked from the internet horror stories and movie portrayals. If it wasn't for that job, I wouldn't own heels. I'm not the dress-up kind of gal. I like sweatpants and sweaters. My best friend... So do we. Yeah. But anyways, go on. (laughs) My best friend, Neil, of 
25 female, invited me to her wedding as her bridesmaids. I was elated. Elated, yep. But couldn't take on the role because I was in another country for an internship. I'd love to be in her wedding as, but I'd love to be in her wedding as a guest. I made sure the attire is approved by her, so I showed up with a simple lilac two-piece dress. Kind of looked business casual. So that was my fault, but Neil approved of it. A sim- and simple black heels. That bit's written kind of a little bit weird, but I'm assuming she wanted to uh, get approved, but it was business casual? The wedding went on beautifully, but towards the end, the groom came up to me and pulled me to the side. He said he's upset that I have the balls to show up in six-inch stripper heels to upstage my wife. The groom is Neil's family friend, so they've known each other for a long time. I've only met him a handful, but he's very kind to her. I apologized and said that I didn't mean to. He said that I should have known better than to bring impureness to the sanctuary of their wedding. Ew. I felt ashamed and awkwardly told Neil that I wasn't feeling well and left early. This happened last year, but I never told her. Now, another close friend is engaged. I wanted to see if I was the asshole for what I wore. I just don't want to buy another pair of heels when I'm not going to wear them again after the wedding. I, the only part that I could think of that upstaged the bride is the decorative part on the heel that vaguely resembles veins. And then it's a a TLDR. Wore the same heels to a best friend's wedding that I wore when I was working as a stripper. Groom was not happy with me upstaging his wife. That's kind of the summary. Too long, didn't read is the the acronym you're writing. Yeah. Um, And then, sorry, there is also an edit. Proceed. Um, (laughs) Oh, she just says, I can't put image up, but it's uh, uh, like the first pick. Oh, two pairs of heels past, uh, oh, she just tells you how to Google it. You can just do Google like decorative image, heels. Image yeah. of what she. So I'll, um, I can link that, um, when we put it up on the IG story. So basically, am I, is she the asshole for, uh, wearing heels to her friend's wedding that she wore when she was working as a stripper? And like, let's get a sense of how high it six, six inch heels are. I wear seven or eights is what I usually wear. Yeah. So a, a six inch heel is not abnormal. It's not like a, your typical like high, high no, stripper heel. No, a six and inch heel, your platform would be about an inch. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, yeah, because those are sevens yeah. and those are eights. Yeah, so it would be about an inch. Yeah, so like the actual platform, like the ball of your foot, where your ball of your foot is, um, that's only about an inch off the ground. So you're not really like... It's not like you have these six-inch platforms, like, yeah. from, like, the uh, 70s. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so, like, realistically, they just look like every other fucking heel, in my opinion. The only um, part that I think you're an asshole for is pairing a black shoe with a lilac gown. <laughs> yeah, that's where I throw the whole person out. That's terrible. You can get a nude. Couldn't yeah. do clear heels. Couldn't do, like, a white. Ugh. Something light to yeah. match the lilac. That's really the crime here. Yeah, your, yeah. Fashion, your fashion sense is really the crime. Um... So it was the groom that had an issue with it. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. What a loser. I hate him. The fact I just think it's so great I that she, he. Sorry. Sorry. I just think it would. It's so great that he looked at those heels and was like, "Ugh, upstaging my wife." Or I know exactly what those heels are. hundred percent, he does. 
Um, anyway, she was voted not the asshole. Obviously not. But yeah. I thought at one point she said she had checked with the bride. That, that kind of is written it sounds, really At badly. first, when she first said it, it sounded like she checked with the bride. And then she said, then she said, but my friend told me it was okay. So did she not check with the bride? And her friend okayed it? Yeah. So it, it, this is the word for word. I made sure, sure the attire is approved by her. So I show up with a simple lilac two-piece dress. Kind of looked like business casual. So that was my fault. But Neil approved of it. And simple black heels. So I don't really know what that part was. I'm assuming that she approved maybe of the dress, but not the heel. I don't know. Yeah. That was confusing. Um, what is not confusing is don't pair black heel with a lilac dress once again. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. And the groom's a fucking goof. Yeah. Done. Simple. Um, do we have time for another one? Yes, go. Okay. Hit it, hit it. This is, um, pretty quick. We're both, okay, so, sorry. Am I the asshole for revealing my significant other's stripper identity to my friends? We're both 23. So the guy I'm dating used to strip in college to earn some extra cash. He'd do events like birthday parties or bachelor parties or whatever, he worked for this local agency that had a Facebook slash Instagram page and some of his old pics are still up. I think his past is hilarious and I shared that with some friends recently. Together we looked up at and we looked up his old pics on that stripper Instagram page. One of my friends that commented on a picture of him with his real name and real account <gasps> if anyone was interested. Like within days, my significant other started getting tons of followers. Presumably people who saw my friend's comments. My significant other is now really pissed off at me for telling my friends and for the comment. I don't think it's a huge deal because his pictures were already up on the internet and he never hid the fact he stripped. He threatened to break up with me over this, but I'm trying to apologize, but also struggling to see where I messed up exactly. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack on this one. So you outed a dancer and provided their real name and the real contact information. Yeah. And then you're confused as to why they're mad. Yeah. I think that he should have broken up with you. I don't think the threat is enough. I would, I would have 100% dropped that person. Yeah. Um, the fact that you should not have to worry about your partner putting you in unsafe places and unsafe yeah. positions. And that's exactly what they did. There's a fucking reason why we all have fake names um, it's for our safety because civilians are fucking psycho stalkers, pieces of shit sometimes that murder sex workers. So that's why we have that, um, very small, tiny way that we're able to somewhat protect ourselves and our identity and people get obsessed and dangerous. And the fact that you just outed a, a fucking sex worker and put them in a potentially dangerous situation, you are terrible fucking human and there's a special place in hell for you okay thanks agreed moving on <laughs> hey her it's a girl yeah I, I, hey, you that know, it bitch. doesn't say I, i'm assuming it's a woman it doesn't yeah say. fuck that bitch fuck that cunt and not fuck that cunt in a good way yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah guys yeah anyway she's a dumb bitch drop her throw the whole woman out that's why sex workers should date sex workers because other sex workers would not do that to you. Or people with no friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or people that have no a Wi-Fi. <laughs> okay, we have a lot of questions. 
this episode because we've been continually pushing them back. But once again, we're not going to get through them all. So <laughs> I need to, um, I had to move some to episode 88, but we'll try to get through as many as we can. We have a lot though. The first one is, I just listened to your podcast episode about your customer asking to see your tongue. Have you ever heard of, don't know how to say it. Let's have a look. I can't pronounce anyway, so we can blame it on my accent. Hagayo? 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 It's pronounced, or it's spelled A-H-E-G-A-O. And we will look up on Google Translate how to say it properly. Um, it's a facial expression that usually has a tongue sticking out. Look it up. It's a growing trend. Great episode, by the way. So if you look up what that term means, it's a term in Japanese pornography for an exaggerated facial expression of a character's during sex, typically with rolling or crossed eyes, protruding tongue, and slightly reddened face to show enjoyment or ecstasy. The style is often used in erotic manga, anime, and video games. Okay, so the Japanese pronunciation... Ah hey gal. Ah hey gal. Ah hey gal. Ah hey gal. Okay, crushed it. So yeah, so I actually am familiar with that concept, and this person's referring to a few episodes back when we were saying that a growing trend we're seeing in the dance room and doing dances is that people are saying, "Show me your tongue." And doing that, like, puppy dog, like, tongue out face. Yeah. And this person listening was like, actually, yeah, that's a very common thing in Japanese pornography culture or Japanese um, erotic manga. And, um, yeah, I am familiar with that. I didn't, for some reason, didn't put them together until this person messaged me. So thank you for connecting the dots for me. I was a little slow to get there. But, yes, um, familiar with the concept. Yeah, it's super common in anime and hentai. Um, Belle Delphine is um, quite a famous uh, in the porn world and especially in like anime t- style porn and she's always making this face. If you guys look her up, we'll remember to post a photo of her doing the face and we'll post the shoes so you guys have some references for this yes. episode, some visuals. Maybe we'll start doing that. I think that's like a yeah, good way to keep them with us. we should do that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so Belle Delphine does it a lot and makes that face. And there was a hoodie with those faces on it. I was going to buy it at one point um, as a kind of like a tongue-in-cheek inappropriate thing to wear and freak people out and have Karens yell at me. Um, that, there's definitely, um, yeah, a sexual connotation to it. Um, and again, like I really didn't make that connection for some reason um, with that and the rise of men asking to see my tongue. But I think this listener is completely onto something there. And thank you for reaching out and glad you enjoyed the episode. The next message here, just listened to your episode 84 yesterday and just after learning the OnlyFans decision was overturned or something, what do you think? I hear the investors want to buy Leo out and make it like TikTok. Leo is also the owner of MFC or My Free Cams, so I don't see why he wouldn't know a way to get the customers paying with credit card. Um, so... My, I talked to my partner about this, obviously, when the whole thing was going um, down, and he is partly convinced that it was a um, publicity stunt. Honestly, like, yeah, fair. Yeah. So he's like, even though it was already big and it has been growing, like, what better way to drop the fact that you're going to, like, cut your business in thirds if, I mean, you know, like, cut it so significantly... And so it 
is now in the news. Like the last time uh, OnlyFans was in the news like this was when um, the whole Bella scan went down, Bella Thorne scan. Um, so now you have a whole bunch of people who didn't know uh, what OnlyFans is. It's like thrusted into the news. So it probably generated a hell of a lot more revenue on the other side when they overturned that. Yeah. And like, I think she makes a good point of um, like the, the, the gentleman Leo that she's talking about owns MFC or he's partial owner in it. So uh, clearly he knows a way to have um, credit cards accepted without them being cut off because it's about porn. So yeah, that kind of theory kind of throws itself out. Um, but yeah, I think it probably was a publicity stunt or it wasn't at first maybe. And then they realized how much attention it got and they were like, let's run with it. And then let's retract it all in a couple days. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I, it's very suspicious how gung ho they were about it. And then like within like 24 hours, like just kidding, we're not gonna do it anymore. Very suspicious. Um, I, I think you're on something with your with your theories there. I just looked up the picture of these heels, and they're not even stripper shoes. Oh lord, we will post them for you guys to uh, to see yourselves. But they're not at all stripper they're shoes. They're pumps. They're yeah, they're literally just your average pump that you would wear to a wedding. Definitely not. I would never wear that at the club. There's not even a platform at all on them. Wild. But we will post that. Yeah, for you guys to see. Next question. Hi, Danny and Riley. I fucking love your podcast and have a million questions about being a sex worker, stripping in Pacific. How do you stay in stripper shape, exercise, diet, cleanses, etc.? Thank you. A history of uh, eating disorders? I don't know. <laughs> 100%. Uh, Cut that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for reaching out, and we're super happy to hear that you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, firstly, and honestly, it sounds really cliche, but really all body shapes are stripper shape. Uh, in my dancing career, I fluctuated from 118 pounds where I was like slim, thick, you must work out. People always commenting on my body to 140 pounds where people were like, Ooh, I love your, like your hourglass. Um, I love your curves. Um, I really honestly found admirers and like admiring patrons, honestly, at both ends of that weight spectrum. As many men love the slender look there's just as many men that love the thick curvy look so um honestly no bullshit you uh you don't have to be a certain body type to be a stripper body type and and that's a great thing um that being said I am pretty genetically lucky in the sense that I naturally have an hourglass shape and I've always had it I always had naturally larger breasts I've always had like you know right now I'm 38 waist, 27, or sorry, 38 bust, 27 waist, 38 hips. Like, I always have pretty, like, exact hourglass. Um, I did go up to 27-inch waist recently. I have put on some, I'm going to call it COVID weight, even though I think we're not allowed to use that anymore. I think it's passe, but yeah. So I'm up, like, two inches in my waist than usual. But that's okay, because I still be making that money. so no worries about that. Um, with regards to diet and exercise, um, I don't really diet at all. Pretty much eat anything I want, Lord help me. A little too much of it sometimes. Um, but because I often am so busy with work and crazy hours and hours changing with schedule, that I tend to stay in a deficit, I find, which is often how you lose weight or how you stay in shape. Um, which really just reads like, you know, you forget to eat throughout the day. That's pretty much what it is when you're so busy. Um, which obviously we don't recommend. That's not like a healthy way to maintain, 
um, a body shape or a body weight. Um, I, for exercise, I used to do a lot of yoga and bar classes, um, which I am currently trying to drag Riley to, and we are going to eventually go to the gym together. So we are eventually going to start working out. And yeah, honestly, working keeps us in shape too. We're pretty much always moving when we're at work, whether it actually be doing dances or just walking around the clubs or walking around the gig. So you're never really just like chilling for the most part. So that definitely keeps you, keeps you going. <laughs> I would like to be really transparent with this and say that um, I've always been naturally slim, um, but I am currently not really working out and I am currently not very happy with my eating habits. I have, and we've talked about this on the podcast, I have struggled with um, anorexia for many years now, and it is something that I am constantly trying to work on. I do not eat enough. I can feel that my energy is very low. A lot of the time, I get dizzy all the time. I'm not um, as happy as I should be if I was, you know, eating healthy, and that's something that I have tried to work with a nutritionist about and it's something that I'm still currently trying to change so I would love to sit here and give you what I do to diet and exercise but it is it is not good it is not recommended and I am trying to change it yeah and like yeah 100% um yeah we talked before how we both have struggled with eating disorders in the past um I do have a lot of shame about eating and like Thankfully, Kardashian body type is in right now. So like that somehow I try to like pacify when I get in my head about my weight or that I'm especially like to be honest, like and I've said this to you before, like working with you can sometimes trigger me because you are so slender and like I'm not a slender person. I'm very I'm curvy, right? Mm-hmm. So I sometimes I'd be like, Well, Kardashians make a lot of money and I have a similar body type, so like it's good. Um but like like I said, like another thing that can like help people that are worried about their bodies is that like, it sounds cliche and stupid, but all bodies are beautiful. And especially we see that in the industry that like, Mm -hmm. there is someone who worships your slender frame. There is someone who worships my curves. Like, um, but it, it it can be a day-to-day thing and a day-to-day struggle with like when your body is constantly on display. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's been something that like, as I said, you know, what are some of the most uh, frequently like frequent compliments that you get, um, has been, um, you know, Oh, you're really petite. Oh, you're really slender. And I'm not like, I'm not happy with my eating habits and I keep, I'm trying to work on eating more. And so it is, I am finding it triggering at the moment when people compliment me like that. And I'm like, okay, today I'm really going to try and have like a proper, like, you know, a proper amount of calories so that I can actually have energy. Cause I'm at the point now where like I could stop eating and I wouldn't lose any more weight because my metabolism is so like slow. Yeah. Like I've, I've completely fucked it up. Yeah. And so like I do, it is tricky to like, you know, when, when that's your selling feature at the moment, but also it's the part that you struggle with the most about you it's yeah. I don't want to sit here and give you like what I do for a diet and exercise at the moment because um, I'm not happy with it. Yeah. No. A hundred percent. And I think that's like very um, respectful of you to be so um, transparent because I know it is something you really struggle with. Um, but we are gonna go for lunch after this, <laughs> and I'm gonna get a salad, and you're gonna get 
I get a boogie. <laughs> and you're going to be two burgers. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like the thing that we have to remind ourselves is that, yeah, like there's people that are going to worship us at like all of our sizes because like, as we tell you guys, like stripping and sex work is the, the look is such a minute part of your selling feature if you have so much else to offer. And like, yeah. I do believe a reason why men will choose us to go for dances together, even though our bodies are so vastly different, is because we are fucking hilarious. And, you know, we're so likable in that sense that, like, yes, your looks might be the initial thing that brings a client over to talk to you, but if you're starting to look into sex work or stripping, I really advise you to focus the most on your selling tactics, how you actually dance, um, how to read a room, like, all these things that are really going to make you the money because... Every body type is a stripper body type. Yeah, we were actually talking to a girl who does uh, bikini competitions um, a while ago, and you know she was talking about how much her body changes with the cutting and the bulking aspects of bikini competitions. And she said that she makes a lot more money at her heavier frame than she does at her lighter frame. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely, like as you said before, like there's definitely everyone loves a different body type and every body type is a stripper body type. hundred percent. Next question here. Okay. Just listen to the latest episode as an unvaxxed person. Are you willing to expand? <laughs> are you willing to expand on your reasons for not getting the jab? I see it as a government totalitarianism and a slippery fucking slope, i.e. it doesn't end with a jab, what else will be unleashed in coming years? But I'm having an increasingly hard time justifying my choice to pro-vax people. On one hand, I feel like things are going to get worse no matter what I do, so I might as well get it over with and live some semblance of a life. On the other hand, I want to resist because fuck all of this. I haven't done much of my own research either, Mm -hmm. mostly because I don't believe everything I read on either side of the debate, but I just feel like this mandate is fishy as all fuck. How do you justify your choices to pro-vaxxers and what are your reasons? What would make you get the jab, if anything? Thank you for reading this far and I understand if you don't have time or the inclination to answer. So, let's unpack this. (laughs) Thank you for your message and your questions and we're happy that you're listening. We're happy that our conversations spark questions in you. That's totally the point of this podcast so we are inclined to answer um to be honest with you i am vaccinated so is riley um did i want to be vaccinated no not really um but i did it because of the new british columbia requirement that wouldn't allow me to work in any clubs if i wasn't um that was 100 percent the reasoning behind my choice Um, I, as you all know, love to make money and I love to work and I can't work if I'm not vaccinated. So it's really that simple. I didn't really have much of a choice there. Um, something I was thinking about was ultimately before this, um, requirement came out with this mandate, I was leaning towards getting vaccinated anyways, but I was also thinking about freezing my eggs beforehand, um, for my own personal reasons and discussions I've had with partner Um, so yeah, that's something that I was looking into, but with the date, um, the date line of when things need to be done before you could go into public spaces and all that with being September and October dates, um, I didn't really have time to do that. So I ended up getting vaccinated. Um, yeah, my biggest concern about the 
vaccine was the impact on future pregnancies. Um, like I said, I was hoping to freeze my eggs um, as more so a kind of a comfort and a kind of insurance um, before getting the vaccine. But yeah, I didn't really have that that choice with the timeline that was put out by the government. Um, I think your thoughts and feelings on the mandates put in place are completely valid. Uh, to answer your question, if of how to justify your reason for not wanting the vaccine to pro-vaxxers, you don't have to. Like, you don't have to justify to other people your choices with things. As you can see on the pod, um, I try to stay pretty neutral-facing when speaking to an audience because um, I just choose to do that to speak to both parties. Um, Because I don't, to be frank, I don't need to justify my thoughts, um, and neither do you about whether you're pro-vax or anti-vax. I think I'm a pretty neutral person. I just wanted to do more research, i.e. I wanted Riley to tell me more research, and then, <laughs> and then I wanted to freeze my eggs, and then I was going to get vaccinated. So that's kind of the steps I want to take, and then I didn't get to take those steps because of the mandate and because I didn't want to miss out on work by waiting too long. Um, so there is an element of choice in that where I could have still waited and just not been able to work for X amount of months until after my eggs were frozen and then after I got the vaccine, but I made that choice kind of begrudgingly to get the vaccine faster than, um, than later. Um, I, I do suggest, like we said before, you know, yourself and I included to take the time to do the research, um, so that you can form your own thoughts and if needed to have established reasons and discussions and legitimate research to back up your in quotes argument if you feel so inclined to have those arguments with people but like I said like you don't need to convince people why you're doing something at the end of the day the law is the law the mandates are the mandates um if you decide not to get vaccinated you just can't go to the places that you can't go um you know and your opinion on that's your opinion um may I Oh, let's hear it. No, no, no. um, Riled up Riley (laughs) 2.0. No, I would... I'm... I I get very passionate about the subject. If you guys heard that episode, you'll uh, understand that. I um, just want to maybe provoke some questions in you. Like, um, Danica sent me this to have a look at before this uh, episode. Um... And a couple things kind of stood out to me as things that I've heard repeatedly, so I would like to address them. Um, the government totalitarianism. Yeah, it's a long one. And yeah, it's a tricky word for me. Um, and the fact that, like, where does it stop? So I would like to address this first by kind of talking about, you know, the government and and things like that. So. To put it into perspective, when the government mandated that seatbelts were required by law in cars and people had to wear them or else they would get a fine, we saw the same sort of backlash um, by a group of people in America saying um, that the government was trying to control them and when was it going to start, like stop and all that sort of thing. And, and there is a... A documented trend on people objecting laws, even though they are put in place to save lives. Um, so I do understand that this seems or perhaps is very um, dic- dictatorship, 
but you know it's not an uncommon pattern that we've seen of the government putting to enforce something and then people being like no I don't want to do it because the government told me that I have to do it which is kind of what it sounds like you're saying in your question of like I don't want to do it because they told me that I have to do it the second thing that I would um like to point out, and as I said in the last episode that I talked about this, um, you haven't done your own research because you don't believe anything on either side of the debate. I would maybe ask yourself if you don't believe anything on the debate, or perhaps you're just too lazy to do your own like research. And I don't, I don't. Ooh, burn. No, I don't. Like, look, I think a lot of people are, and I think that is a direct. Um, directly because there is too much information out there and you do have to take the extra steps to bypass all of the stuff that is uh, cherry picked out of things and put on as a debate on the internet but you know if you are finding it a hard a hard time to justify to anti-vaxxers oh sorry to pro-vaxxers and I agree you don't have to justify your choices to anyone else but I would question whether you are finding it difficult to justify them to pro-vaxxers or you're finding it difficult to answer questions that they're bringing back to you and actually have a fundamental reason backed by research of why you don't want to do it like do you not want to get vaxxed because the government told you you have to and do you not want to or do you not want to get vaxxed because you don't believe any of the research or do you not want to get vaxxed um because you have uh an understanding and can go into a proper conversation of x y and z why you don't want to do it with yourself you don't owe any of your answers to anyone else but if you can't answer the questions for yourself then i would maybe question why you actually don't want to get the vaccine and the other thing you didn't mention well you mentioned you want to have some um you know resonance of a normal life i would actually like to point out where you can and can't go um with vaccine with vaccines so you don't have to show proof of vaccinations for grocery stores liquor stores and pharmacies unlicensed restaurants that don't offer table service like fast food coffee shops and takeouts salons hairdressers and barbers although these could all change if they're privately owned hotels resource uh, resorts cabins and campsites bank and credit unions retail and clothing stores food banks and sh- food banks and shelters uh, even escape rooms or post-secondary on-campus um, cafeteria. You also don't have to show proof of vaccines for worship services, indoor recreational sports for people 19 years or uh, 19 years old or younger. So there is actually, and I can send this. I can put this up on the page, but it's just at the um, dub dub uh, dub two dot gov dot bc dot ca um, website. And so I think there was a lot of. Uh, worry when this first came out was that you're not allowed to be go- do anything and your fundamental rights as a person um, would be uh, you know challenged based on this mandate um, you're uh, still allowed to go to everything and more that is included in your human rights for food shelter medical services stuff like that um, you will just not be able to go to the extracurricular things and as the seatbelt thing, um, to bring it back around, like actions have consequences. If you don't wear your seatbelt because, you know, you can harm other people. If, if you speed because you could harm other people, anything like that, um, there are consequences. Those can be fines. Those can be jail times. And unfortunately, it's gone to the point in BC where there needs to be consequences 
for um, the choices that you make. So I'm going to play devil's advocate because I love that for me. Sure. And a lot of people are posting, um, they're, you know, making the comparison between the Holocaust. Oh no, and I can with this. The, yeah. So a lot of, a lot of people I'm seeing are using the quote by Martin and I'm going to say his name wrong because my family is Jewish, not German. And oh, it's, um, oh, no, Nymoller, <laughs> Nymoller. That's past my German as well. I don't know yeah. How to that. Um, and the quote is goes like this. And he was he was a um a Lutheran pastor in Germany. Um, he emerged as an outspoken public foe of Adolf Hitler and spent the last seven years of Nazi rule in concentration camps. And then he had a quote that says, First they came for the socialists, and I'd not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade union unionists, and I'd not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I'd not speak out because I was not a Jew. And then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. I would like to point out, and this is something that has been circling around and that we've talked about, is I have seen so many things come up on Instagram talking about discrimination. We don't discriminate between race, gender, sexual identity, gender identity, sexuality, or uh, like if you're vaccine or not, vaccinated or not. I'm sorry, but only one of those is a choice. Like, and, and same there, like you, if you're Jewish and you're trying to like, if this is being um, compared to as a Holocaust, is you, did not, you do not choose to be Jewish. You, that is so uncomparable in my mind. Like, and the way that I've seen it, and I think I said this in the last episode, like you can't, um, go to a expect to get served at a five-star restaurant with no shirt because there are rules of what you can and can't do in that establishment and like it's so totally different um than someone walking in and being like we're not going to serve you because you're gay like it is just so uncomparable and it is so telling what types of people um are posting this and comparing these two things are people who have never been actually discriminated against yeah, I think the only comparison I see um, is that the idea of like, and this is better, much better comparison because, um, yeah, as like someone who's, you know, my grandpa was Jewish and fought in World War II, um, I think it's a very bold um, comparison. I think it's disgusting. To try <laughs> to compare people that don't want to get vaccinated to people that were murdered in the Holocaust. Um, but I think a better comparison is. if you're going to make that comparison or some kind of comparison is like the frog in the boiling water, how people don't resist small changes until it's too late. And I think that's the kind of comparison they're trying to make that the government can do one small thing and then one small thing and then one small thing. And people don't fight back until they've made a really big change Mm -hmm. um, over the course of different small changes. Um, So to play devil's advocate, I think, think that's the comparison they're trying to make but do I think they're actually making the correct one no do I think the comparison is extremely insulting to a lot of lost lives and suffering yes um but again I like to stay neutral and just bring you drama to (laughs) honestly and you know what I am absolutely happy and willing to say um it is very easy to justify your side of it slash my side of it when everything is in favor of that side. I will say that. I I would love to know how I would feel about it if 
my opinion on it was was the reverse, right? Like I like to think that I can take a step back and really see what is good for society as a whole, mm-hmm. whether or not that's something that I agree with. And I think that's where the distinction lies. Mm-hmm. Is like you I think a lot of people are thinking, okay, well, I don't want to do this. It's, you know, thinking of it as society like as a as a individualistic um, problem when it's actually much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, you know, like I will say, yeah, it's very easy to fight on the side when, when that's the side that's kind of like making the choices, right? Like I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, you know, it's not like you are going to jail if you don't get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. It's that you can't for now go to bars and other things that... 18-year-olds can't go to, you know? Like, there are rules and regulations in place. Your fundamental human rights are not being tarnished because you're still allowed access to all of these things that, you know, are under your fundamental right as a person. Like, establishments have rules and regulations and you have to abide by those. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely, like, a very polarizing um, time for a lot of people. Um, for me, like I said, like I did get vaccinated solely because like I got to work. Yeah. I got to work. I got to pay bills. Um, I love to work. I want to keep working. Um, I probably was always going to end up vaccinated. Um, I just kind of want to do it on a different timeline. I want, I had some things in place I wanted to get done first, but that kind of, um, was a little bit more expedited, Mm -hmm. um, because of the, uh, the new mandates put in place. Um, but yeah, like, like Riley and I continually say, do your research, research the source of your research. That's Mm -hmm. a huge thing. Um, also a big thing too, that a lot of people don't think is like when things are published, who's publishing them and where are they funded? That's a huge, huge thing. Who is funding the research is a huge thing that people totally bypass. So yeah, do, um, educated research. Definitely. And if you don't know how, like. Ask someone that you trust that doesn't have, like, a political bias either way, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, but yeah. And also just question yourself. Question yourself through everything you do in life. Is this how you actually feel or is this the way that you think that you should feel? Okay, we are <laughs> running on a lot of time once again and we have two more questions I want to get to um, before we wrap up. So the next one is... Let me just say what an excellent podcast. I haven't finished it yet, but I want to fire off my thoughts before I forget them. I hate when that happens. I love the passion behind Riley's rant. As is is said, you go, girl. I also really appreciate your OnlyFans analysis. I hope there is more of that in the future, not just from you, but from the community as a whole. Many vids is a likely future target. The websites of production companies will be hard to attack under the guise of underage. That probably won't stop the puritanical ultra-right and the politicians they own from trying. As for idiots taking what they read on Facebook and Twitter, here on Fox News, or American One, etc., as long as this is happening, we, in quotes, are basically, in quotes, screwed. Okay, enough of my, in quotes, soapbox. I have one curiosity question, two real questions, and one cheeky observation. First, (laughs) the curiosity question. Do you have fillers in your lower lip also? My first real question, is it all right to ask a dancer what their best experience in the club has been? Second real question, how do you compliment a dancer? And the cheeky observation, observation, if you fuck some guy for free, that probably makes you a slut. But if you charge, doesn't that make you a prostitute? 
Just an observation, nothing implied. Any similarity between this observation and actual life is purely coincidental. Warmest regards. So let's unpack the first yes. one. <laughs> first, the curious question, do you have filler in your lower lip also? A hundred percent. Unless someone has very disproportionately um, natural lips, like where your smaller upper lip is extremely small compared to your bottom lip, I would think most people when they get injections are going to like somewhat evenly distribute the filler in bottom and top lip. Um, and the trend is changing now, but for the longest time, a poutier bottom lip was more desired. So people would put a little bit more filler in their bottom lip typically. Um, but as I discussed before, I'm slowly, um, you know, downsizing on the filler and getting it um, removed. So I've noticed my lips are a lot smaller than they used to be. Um, and I'm kind of liking the look. It's it's different, but I'm liking it. So yeah. And how about yourself? You haven't. Um, I haven't had lip fillers in since uh, over a year ago now. Mm-hmm. Was when I last got lip fillers. But I am booking in for another appointment to get them redone. But when I first got my, I think I got half a vial at the start. She evened out a tiny bit of my upper lip and then pretty much put it all in my bottom lip. Mm-hmm. And then when I got a full vial, she split it evenly. So. Yeah. Yeah, unless they're adjusting for a natural kind of um, distribution, like they're, yeah, they're usually distributing it pretty evenly. Uh, First real question, is it all right to ask a dancer what their best experience in the club has been? I assume this is a take on because we've repeatedly said, like, don't ask a dancer their worst experiences, do men harass you, all these like very triggering questions. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're, it's not your right to know that. And it can be very triggering to ask one's trauma. Um, which we st- still, I, I would say we still stand beside, um, unless they're offering you that information. Is it okay for you to ask their best experiences? So my thing is don't ask my best experience unless you're going to match or top it. You know, like why else do you care? Like you're just going to be a subpar experience. Like, no, if you're going to ask my best experience, I'm going to tell you I made this amount of money. The guy was really great. So you better be really fucking great and pay me that or more. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, why else do you care what my best experience is? Um, I think that if you were curious about a job, any job, and you felt like it was appropriate to ask, well, what do you love most about your job? Or, you know, what has been some of your, uh, funnest work trips? If you kind of did any sort of job, then if it was in, in that scenario, if you were going to ask a different job about it, then like, yeah, I think it's probably appropriate. But if you're just trying to like, gauge or you know actually no I'm okay with that (laughs) I take back all that you know what yeah I think it's I think it's fine like of course it's like you do kind of get that hope up of like oh yeah this guy's you know was really great and you're like oh okay cool bye like you're like well why did you ask like why did you waste my time at work with this but if you're just talking to someone who you know is a sex worker perhaps else like if you're friends with them outside or whatever yeah I think it's absolutely appropriate to ask anyone what their favorite moment at work or their favorite um work trip or their favorite thing about their job is Mm -hmm. second real question how do you compliment a dancer money (laughs) a tip (laughs) yeah definitely tip because uh compliments at the end of the day do not pay the bills and we really do have to pay the club um, a lot of what you're giving us. Usually um, upwards of 40% goes to the club of everything we make. Um, or, or at least everything outside of tips. Yeah, so definitely tip. Um, and then just, I don't know, don't put in 
words that are kind of backhanded, like I said, like you're actually this, you're actually that. Or don't compliment us by insulting another woman. A lot of people do that. Be like, you're the hottest girl here out of them all. You're the out of them all. You're better than this girl. Like, that's not a fucking comment. You're insulting women as a whole, and I'm also insulted for those girls. I don't need to be better than other women to be good on my own, if yeah. that makes sense. Like, and if you say that to me, every time I'll be like, actually, we're all pretty fucking hot, or actually, we're all pretty fucking awesome, or actually, like, I'm gonna point that out that you sound like a fucking goof saying that. I am not in competition to every with the women around me. Yeah. Um, Just change your language. Like, if you want to say, oh, you're the hottest girl in this club, like, there's no need. Just be like, wow, you're really beautiful. Yeah. Or you're, oh, you're actually really funny. Like, in parentheses, like, for a stripper, just be like, I really like your personality. Yeah. Or you're you're just really funny. You don't need to say actually, which kind of adds an insult. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, how do you compliment someone? Be polite. Like, yeah. think before you speak. You know, like, and yeah, throw in some money because that is the ultimate compliment. Um, yeah, the like we always say, the cheers and woos don't pay our bills. The compliments don't pay our bills. That sounds harsh, but it's fucking true. Compliment us as you hand us money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the cheeky observation. If you fuck some guy for free, that probably makes you a slut, but if you charge, doesn't that make you a prostitute? I would like to do a cheeky observation. If you fuck a girl, what are you? And why also, is it only a woman? if you fuck a guy for free, you're a slut. I, don't, I would never say that. I would never think that. So I don't really, can't really follow this comment. Um, but yes, charging for sex is prostitution. Um, I would say if you charge someone for sex, you're smart. If you're fucking a guy for free, you have a lost opportunity. That's, that's how I would yeah. rephrase that for you there. Um, because I think if you're good at something, never do it for free, as they say. Yeah. And yeah. I agree. Or even like, if you fuck someone for free. You wanted to. Yeah, (laughs) for, you know, acting on your desires, your wants, your sexual needs as a human being. Yeah. I literally, I struggle to wrap my head around the concept of what a slut is. A slut is what you, you find pleasure when you want to with consenting adults. Like, I don't see the the negative part of that um the only negative is these men should have compensated you because god knows they probably didn't give you an orgasm let's be honest um (laughs) so they should have gave you money you know (laughs) like that that, and that's that Uh, (laughs) and the last one here and this one is loaded so sit back okay i need your help with something and i could use some advice I've been seeing this sugar daddy since November 2019. We sleep together sometimes, and he's been giving me thousands here and there since. I just found out I'm a few weeks pregnant by him. He's married and claims of having money problems now. I don't want to keep it because more than anything, I want to be married to a wealthy older man who can provide for me, then have his babies. I didn't come this far and learn all this stuff to be a single mom by a man who's, who's not and in quotes broke. So I asked him for $100,000 so I can get rid of it, even though I will anyway. He bitches about now, he, sorry, he bitches about how he's in the hole, hole because of COVID and can only give me about 4000 and more monthly for the next 12 months until 45000 Sounds like bullshit because what incentive does he have to keep giving me the money after I take an abortion pill? I feel stupid. This was unplanned, but would have been nice to get a payout to help me with my business and career. I don't know if he's lying about not having that money or what. Ugh, celibacy, here I come. I just can't wait to find my healthy 
wealthy husband so I can get married and not have to worry about these men anymore. I was just about to start getting out of the house and putting what I learned to use so I can get a proposal soon. Now this, it's like a slap in the face. I lied and told him either he can give me the money now or he can give it to me yearly for the next 18 years. I know where he lives and all his wife's information. She has four degrees from Ivy League schools and is a doctor and lawyer and he has money too so I feel like he's lying. I told him to ask her for a loan to try to use some of her of her credit but he gets mad when I say that. He had the nerve to get disrespectful with me when I told him I was pregnant and tried to block me. He got me fucked up thinking that he has power in this. I don't want to have his baby anyway but I don't but I definitely want some money, especially since he's been being disrespectful to me. Like, bitch, who the fuck do you think you are? Then he says I will not ruin his life and his wife will leave him and take everything of his. He said he's desperate, so that's why I asked for the money. But 4K? Absolutely not. He gave me more than that the first day I met him over breakfast. I have never slept with him or anything. I had never slept with him or anything. Then two days later, he bought me a brand new iPhone in full. Then he bragged about buying some girl a five-figure designer bag that he barely knew just because. Now, all of a sudden, he has no money. His home is worth over $3 million. He can come up with some kind of money. I just don't think he's trying. Should I just take the 4000 now and the rest monthly? I think you should feel stupid. <laughs> I think, who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> I, uh, you, uh, how do I even unpack uh, this? Yeah, how do we unpack this? Well, thank you for the details. Yes. Um, that always is helpful when people write in and they go into details so we can get the, the whole picture. That is appreciated. Maybe my first response was a little rude. <laughs> um, from the top. From the top. <laughs> I don't think that it is ever right to blackmail someone, especially over a pregnancy and threaten to keep a pregnancy just on the basis of getting money out of it. I think that you know, the way that you wrote it saying that you know his all of his wife's information is blackmail. I think that um, you need to go about a more mature and better way of it. Um, he has obviously tried to reason with you um, of like, you know, giving you 4K and then monthly payments. Um I'm sorry, but you are not entitled to 100K just because you think you are. Yeah. Um, I echo what Riley said. You should never blackmail someone. Not going to lie, that's pretty fucked up. I don't think you should ever use a child to get money. That's pretty fucked up. That's not a fair way to bring the child into the world. Um, I honestly... If you don't want to have a kid, I do believe you have a right to not have the child. I am that side of that debate. Um, we don't need to get into that right now, but um, I believe everyone has that choice. You've clearly made that choice that you don't want the child, so I think you should not have the child. I think you should not take money from this man um, as a way to... Like, I don't think you should have the child to get money from this man. Um, 
It sounds like you have already made the decision that you don't want the child and now you're lying to him so that you can bleed him for the 100K that you feel like you are owed um, because you were part of the problem in getting pregnant. So I think that if you're planning on, you know, aborting the pregnancy, which I echo Danica, you have absolutely every right to do that. Um, then lying to him and saying that you're going to keep it to bleed him of money is blackmail and scam. And as sex workers, we're already like looked down upon and suspected of these things. And I cannot begin to express how damaging that is to the community. So I, as a whole, so I don't know what you mean when you say um, all these things that you've learned because you clearly haven't listened to sex workers. Uh, yeah. And also to the part about you mentioning his wife and knowing where she works. Um, that is an innocent person that has nothing to do with you and your trick. And her money, her hard work should absolutely not go to you because her husband is an idiot. Yeah. Um, I think it's a real shame that you, you're, that you would even think to involve, um, this woman, I know it's an attempt to um, threaten him, but um, she should not be part of the collateral um, because, like I said, she's an innocent party who has worked hard for what she's achieved, it sounds like. Um, I really suggest people have IUDs and take oral birth control if they can and use condoms, always use condoms. Um, I think there should be like multiple safety steps in mm-hmm. place to ensure that in quotes, accidental pregnancies don't happen. Um, because these situations arise and, you know, abortions can be hard on the body and the mind. So if you can avoid being in a situation where you might need to have one, that is ideal. Um, I know it's not always the case and that's why I believe in having the right to choose. Um, but I think... And I'm going to be very blunt. I mean, I love listeners. I always try not to hurt your guys' feelings. But I think you are sounding like an extremely immature and very, very selfish, toxic person. You should work on that. (laughs) And on that note. (laughs) So I think the takeaway is honestly the best case scenario you say, you know, you've learned a lot in the industry, so clearly you think you have a good hustle, so you should be able to make really good money. Without this guy's help, I think you don't want to have the child, so you should not have the child, and then you should not contact this man anymore and go find a new trick and use protection so you're not in this situation again. Yep. <laughs> and that's that. <laughs> um... All right. Woo! <laughs> that was a little heavy there at yeah. the end, and we had a lot to go through this week. I had to move some of the listener questions and comments over to um, episode 88 because we have so much, but we will slowly try to keep up catching yeah. up on them. Um, next week, we have Megan on the podcast. She is fabulous. Our episode was really great. We talked about her role as a fat activist, what that means, her journey in uh, through OnlyFans. Um, yeah, it was a it was a really great episode, and I think you guys will really enjoy it. 
Yeah, so Megan will be on episode 87, which is next week, and it will be on time. It will be on Wednesday. That was my bad this week, but, you know, bitches got lives. <laughs> so on that note, Riley, where can people find you? I have changed my Instagram. <laughs> uh, so if you are caught up, you'll be able to find me. If uh, you aren't caught up, I've never existed. <laughs> um, my Instagram is underscore Riley Divine. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at 50plusatip or email at 50plusatip at gmail.com. Slide into the DMs with questions, comments. Always love getting them. We're going to post those MIB asshole situations on the podcast Instagram story um, in a few days here so you guys can vote on if they're assholes or not and you can write in your own opinions because I know you guys sit there when we talk about them either agreeing or disagreeing with us in your cars or wherever you listen so you guys can voice your opinions. We like hearing them. As always, have a wonderful week. And happy whoring. Bye. Bye.